Hey, everybody. Great episode of The Morning Show today. We talk about Polygon's announcement of Polygon 2.0 and whether we think it is a big event or more of a nothing burger. We also talk a little bit about a wallet that has been deploying millions into the NFT space. They have been buying hundreds of high-value NFTs, Board Ape Yacht Club, D-Gods, Mutant Apes, Pudgy Penguins, Beans, and more. Pretty interesting stuff. We also talk about Bitcoin ordinals, the current state of affairs, the volume going down on ordinals, so that's interesting for sure. And then Last but not least, we talk about the current state of affairs just with NFTs in general and where we think things are going. Overall, it's a great episode of the show. The free NFT at thenifty.com, if you go to thenifty.com slash claim, can be claimed with the code JUNK42. So J-U-N-K 42. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the NFT Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, June 13th. If it is your first time listening, we run the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Time, each and every week, where we discuss all things NFTs, crypto technology, entertainment, gaming, finance, and just about everything in between. I'm your host, P.O., my co-host Nifty Nick is out of town, but he may be joining us mobily. We got Easy to Bodega, the dog behind Bodago's NFT, soon to hit a blockchain near you. The host of GMGM Market Talk, an absolute stud in the NFT space. We got Signal, weather reporter extraordinaire, coder turned content creator, the host of Artist Spotlight at the Nifty. We got Kicks, CEO of Crypto Raiders, Cyber Stadium's Woo! out. Midnight Heist is coming out. There's another thing coming out that I can't tell you the name of yet. Shout out to Crypto Raiders Gaming Studio. Make sure you check it out if you like on-chain gaming. Spencer of Spencer Ventures representing institutional capital in the NFT space. Maybe the only fund that is performing well in this space these days. All the other people running funds don't seem to know what they're doing, but uh, old Spencer has it on lock. Clemente, the producer behind the scenes on the ones and twos. And then, of course, last but not least, we have Bunny. Bunny, your bio just says there's a 0% chance Gensler's fired. Maybe less than zero, dude. This has been brought up in every Twitter spaces and every, like, crypto Twitter publication. One of the dumbest narratives possible. Like, this thing's dead on arrival in the Senate, bro. Like, it's a joke. Yeah. I mean, that that's a 100% uh – like a hundred percent a joke. I'm, I think it's an indicator of how little uh, the space understands about, quite frankly, anything is that one bill is is proposed and they're like, oh, he's going to get fired. He's not going to get fired, dude. He's not going to get fired. How many senators are in the Senate? A hundred. <laughs> right, okay, cool. Thanks. You know this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, funny. Um, anyway, uh, Spencer, how are you doing this morning, buddy? You're muted. I'm doing pretty good. I'm unmuted now, P.O., thanks very much. So, you know, things are going up. Things are, you know, it's been a couple of days since I've been on the show, and I was wondering, I was like, do the people miss me? And then I realized I don't care because all I care is if you guys miss me, and I'm sure you did. Missed you. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I was a wreck. I, I literally just couldn't I know, even function. Right? I don't know how this show comes without me. One day I want to just skip the show um, and listen. And from an alt account or something from the audience and not let you guys know I'm there just to see how it is. You already do that, Spencer. We know. We know. You're in there under, uh, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a fake name that I could come up with that's clever right now because Spencer's already got Spencer Ventures. There's too much clever stuff going on over there. He's got at Spencer 
on Twitter, not yet, but I think you're working on that transition, right? Yeah, so I, I, I have the account at Spencer. It's a different account from at SGSAN1, um, but there may or may not be a transition of the ads coming up soon. Oh, there may or may not. Big news, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on to your, uh, you know, hold on to your seats here. Uh, Signal, how are you doing this morning? Yes, Spence, can you put in a word for me so I can get rid of uh, the underscore and get rid of the, and so I can just be Signal? Because you see these people on Instagram, I start following them, and they've got like so many underscores. And then all of a sudden, like five, six years later, they're just called like Louise. And I'm like, how did you get Louise? Like, anyway, so Spence, if you can sort me out, I got you. Yeah, I mean. All right, Signal, I, 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 I'm going to hook you up, you know. I, I, I'll work my magic, see what I can do. That stuff's hard to come by. Uh, there's multiple fake versions of our business on Instagram. There's multiple fake versions of me, including several that have more followers than me, which I feel is just extra disrespectful when you're impersonating me and you have a bigger audience. That's just bullshit. Uh, anyway, getting into the show today, we are going to discuss Polygon's most recent announcement and what it means for the Layer 2, the surprising move by Bitcoin critic Peter Schiff. I mean, that's always that's just a really fun one for me. I'm sure a lot of people in the audience don't know who Peter Schiff is, but if you've been a, uh, a Bitcoiner for a while, you know exactly who Peter Schiff is. And he's just he's just a funny guy all the time, but he's a funny guy this week and last week uh, in particular with his, with his adoption of ordinals. Uh, and then last but not least, the upcoming June catalyst for ordinals and NFTs. Uh, before we get into it, Today's show is brought to you by Bodagos, the Solana collection that our very own Easy Eats Bodega has been working on for over 12 months. The time is drawing near for the dogs to be let loose. Today, we're giving away 20 VIP tickets. Was that a dog whistle? Please never do that on the show again. Good God, that that really pierced my eardrums. Uh, that's impressive, though. I, I actually don't know how to whistle, so that was pretty cool. Maybe if I could whistle, Sapphire whistle. Sapphire would be better off leash. Um, I didn't even hear that. I must. I gotta get my hearing checked. That <laughs> <You didn't. laughs> was too high of a decibel. That's too high of a decibel. I'm getting old, man. I could have heard that in my twenties, but you know, not my mid thirties. I could see it. I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Like all all dogs come running. I feel like easy with easy soundtrack should be who let the dogs out. The piper and dogs, dude. Well, well, we got Andre Smith commenting. Is today his day for a VIP? He's manifest, mani manifesting it. I believe in you, Andre. I believe you're going to win because we're giving away 20 VIP tickets via our free NFT platform. If you collected the first comic NFT on April 17th, so if you remember that, maybe Clemente can pull it up on screen. That is the first comic page that we released with our first animation that was released way back on April 17th. If you collected that free NFT, then you are eligible to enter the giveaway. To enter, you have to to mint today's free NFT at the end of the show using the password that we reveal and the winners will mint the VIP ticket. This ticket will give you a guaranteed allow list one mint for the Bodagos collection. The only action that you need to take is that you connect your Solana and ETH wallet to the nifty.com. So you got your Phantom wallet for Solana and Ethereum, and you can connect that to the nifty.com. To learn more about Bodagos and how you can get involved, check out the pinned tweet up top for a comprehensive mint guide. I mean, look, it's, it's pretty straightforward to me, but I know in Web3, 
there's a lot of mechanics. So check out the Comprehensive Mint Guide. It'll give you all the information that you need to know if you're interested in minting Bodagos, which you obviously should be easy. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I think everything's outlined there. We got a couple more things rolling out as well. So make sure you have the post notifications on if you're looking for one of those VIP tickets. We're giving them away on the show. We're giving them away on the Bodagos page. Just make sure you follow it. We got a whole mess of stuff rolling out here in the near future. Get excited because the dogs are getting let loose soon. Get excited. Uh, we got kicks on the weather report today. Kicks, let's party. Uh, dude, I'm not ready for that yet. <clears throat> Actually. How about now? You want me to hit it? Oh, hit it. Okay, here we go. Are you just violently Today unprepared? Today the 13th of June. Total market volume coming in 23.2 million. Blur 11.8. OpenSea 3.9. OpenSea can't get above five. I thought five was bad. Now we're not even there. Leaders, H 45.5. Mutants, 9.1. Punks, 51.9. Azuki, 16.8. D-Gods, 9.1. Captains, 8.3. Pudgies, 4.2. Should have put your money into the NASDAQ. You've up 40%. Over the past 24 hours, a number of Solana projects have decided to quit the Solana chain and build on Bitcoin ordinals. After 18 months on Soul, Enigma Ventures is moving to Bitcoin. And OK Bears hinted at either a move or a second collection happening on Bitcoin. Better start calling ordinals Lazarus because they're resurrecting the dead over there. NFT marketplace Blur is set to increase circulating supply by 40% with their upcoming 60 million token unlocked. The impact of the unlocks, he's blurred down 25% on the seven-day chart, trading at 31 cents. Over to the fine art side of the market where I like to hang out with P.O. Two days to go on that big old goose by Dimitri Cherniak. It's estimated to sell for $5 million now. If people just keep moving the numbers up. It was like, yeah, everyone's saying two, and everyone's saying three, everyone's saying four, and everyone's saying five. Okay, let's just calm down and... Wait for the auction to actually happen. Dead Winkers <laughs> Open Edition. I bought those. Ran from 0 0.02 to 0 0.07 on the weekend. I think I'm still down on those. That was an open edition. Lastly, NFT Trader Cirrus NFT three-point shooter marked a new whale wallet that has spent over $7 million on the leading profile picks and has staked $1.5 million of Ape. Cirrus says this is the most important wallet to watch in NFTs right now. And it's exactly what we need to stop the never-ending blur farming churn. Quickly looking at crypto, we got Bitcoin 26.1, ETH 1700, Solana 15.5, Ape 2.2, NASDAQ cooking, S&P cooking, inflation down to 4% year over year. Back to you in the studio. 52-week high for the S&P ETF VOO. I saw that pop up in my notifications. So stock market definitely got a little bit of steam. Some updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, which is the newsletter you can subscribe to at the nifty.com. You need to have a, uh, you need, I'm sorry, cave guy just donated to us on YouTube. He threw me off. Anyway, you have to have a nifty.com account to claim today's free NFT. So what are you waiting for? Go and do it. Polygon has announced Polygon 2.0, an upgrade to their protocol aimed at enabling the creation, exchange, and programming of value on the internet, promising improved scalability and liquidity with further details to be shared in the coming weeks. U.S. lawmakers have introduced the SEC Stabilization Act, which if passed, 
would remove Gary Gensler as chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission and redistribute power within the agency. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't. <laughs> Did you Warren Elizabeth Warren? Sorry, I'm just reading what Clemente has on the screen. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just I'm good on on uh, political shenanigans and charades. Uh, Peter Schiff. Previously known as a Bitcoin critic and an advocate for physical gold, maybe the biggest advocate for physical gold in the entire world, is auctioning, get this, uh, Golden Triumph, which is an art project featuring an original painting and 50 prints, uh, each associated with a unique ordinal inscribed on the Bitcoin blockchain. This is a shocking turn of events if you're a Bitcoiner and you know who Peter Schiff is. He's been an outspoken Bitcoin critic for the better part of a decade. He constantly says that Bitcoin is going to zero. He was told to buy Bitcoin as early as $10 and re uh, refused to buy any and has just continued to refuse to. You will never buy a Bitcoin. He but some bars earlier this week too in which he said, I would rather buy ordinals than Bitcoin. It was oh. like, yeah, I'm just good on Bitcoin. I prefer the pictures. Exactly. Yeah. He that's like that's like saying like I I'd, I'd rather buy like a sandwich than bread. Like you're still eating bread. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I'm actively looking for rare sats right now. Remember when SBF was buying the Japanese sats in cash? Those are the ones I'm looking for. The SBF Japan sats. I think they're those are the next big thing. <laughs> well, there you go. That, I think those are some pretty good sats for sure. Are they Japan or Korea? I don't know. I think they're matter. Korea. Um, I don't know. Anyway, is back to you. Well, well yeah, come on, man. We're, we're looking for him. Peter Schiff made an unexpected appearance on the Ordinal Show hosted uh, by one of our former sponsors and one of our investors and friend of mine and my co-host on the Bitcoin Show, Trevor Owens, yesterday. So we'll definitely try to get Peter Schiff on the Bitcoin Show, maybe even for a debate with somebody. That'll be juicy. Last but not least, Gucci announced the snapshot for their codependent necklace on June 21st uh, with eligible NFT holders able to claim the physical limited edition piece from the other side relics collection between June 21st and July 6th. I got to see when the first time someone brought up other side relics is and whether it's before or after Bodago's relics, because I did not know that they were calling that. Anyway, we're going to get into the, the meat and potatoes of today's stories. Just a reminder to go to the nifty.com, connect your ETH and soul wallet. If you got a phantom wallet, that'll work for both of them. Shout out to our sponsor, Phantom. Uh, first topic, Polygon 2.0. Polygon has announced Polygon 2.0, which is a significant upgrade to their protocol. Kix, you build on Polygon for your Crypto Raiders gaming entity in the Web3 space. We build on Polygon for our free NFT platform. What do you make of this upgrade to the protocol, Kix? I've just been so busy building, man. I haven't even had a chance to check it out. Just, you know, like hammering nonstop. So my hands are bleeding, so can't even read a newspaper with calluses like this. You just Honestly, bought that new power to, saw too, right? Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, it's, but I, I got the electric Ryobi one from Home Depot. It's fantastic. Um, I haven't had a chance to read like too deeply into this in terms of like how they're making the infrastructure actually work. But like my understanding is that they're like essentially trying to make uh, just – a massive interoperable network of blockchains, which I mean is cool, right? I mean, it makes sense, but uh, they're they're basically saying they're going to use like their ZK roll up to be like the indexer of all of these different chains that can be independent of each other, but still composable. I mean, it sounds awesome. It sounds really cool. Uh, it definitely sounds like, you know, 
potentially what the future of the blockchain looks like, right? Especially if if you have a bunch of people spinning up their own subnets or supernets or yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. It's something where I, I, I'm just going to, it sounds cool, but I'm going to wait to see it get more into the implementation phase before, you know, I make too much of a reaction towards it. Easy. What do you make of what's going on over at Polygon? I read it a little bit yesterday. I need to read a little bit more about it. Um, I've been following, like, I think Kicks is spot on with, like, the subnets and supernets. I think there's a really interesting market for them. And we're actually seeing, outside of the U.S., more adoption from this. AVAX has been rolling them out pretty aggressively. So seeing Polygon go for this, like, internet layer, I think does have a pretty big opportunity globally. We just saw South Korea launch SK Planet, which is an AVAX subnet. And with Polygon now taking a similar approach, I think they really can start to attract a wider audience, especially when you give these like corporations their own subnet. I think that's where it becomes most interesting. Like what's going to stop Starbucks from doing their Odyssey program on like the Odyssey subnet or Nike with their DotSwoosh marketplace where they can actually dictate and control what the underlying currency is for gas and some of the other key components. Yeah. And that's where I'm like most interested because like SK Planet, for example, and many people aren't really familiar with it. But I've been following pretty closely to it. They're up over 200,000 KYC users, and it's South Korea's own blockchain. And that, to me, is something really interesting because they do have more insight. And we talk about CBDCs a lot. But this, to me, is where I'm like, oh, this is really cool because they're seeing adoption at scale despite KYC in like a decentralized environment because they're just enabling people to use it more freely. Uh, they had over 300,000 transactions in 72 hours. So like, there's clearly demand for it and interest, which... like. If Polygon takes a similar approach, I'm just most curious who's going to be the first one to dive in and try like first yeah. over advantage. They also said something pretty interesting where they were like, we'll let you know what we plan on doing with our POS chain, which is like where that I'm was on. That was interesting. That was really yeah. interesting because like that's the thing that a lot of people are like staking traditionally has been like the red flag for like exactly. securities rules. And if yeah. they're just like, we're going to basically backtrack this and just let Subnet like to switch everything to like zk sync as like the indexer and then like build everything around it like they they already have like a chain with immutable that they're doing right so it it, it makes sense um it, it definitely sounds interesting but i mean it also sounds like something that's like probably two years out before we're actually yeah. like, like we heard about pos for four years and we finally yeah. got it and then like now zk syncs are what's like the roll-up layer there's like a lot of the underlying tech that I think a lot of people are just like, when it happens, it happens, you know? Well, there you go. Uh, Spencer, any thoughts on Polygon? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to see, right? Like we've seen a big sell-off in alts over the last, like since the, the Coinbase Binance news. Um, and Polygon was one of the named coins that sold off pretty hard, right? We saw it go down like 66%. Um you know, how much does that impact the long run roadmap? I, I don't know. Right. But there's definitely like if if I'm sitting in Polygon seat right now, I'm I'm feeling the pressure a little bit. But also like, you know, we saw non-named coins sell off almost equally as hard. Like it's impressive to me that Polygon didn't sell off that much harder than Blur into just the general alt sell off of um the post like SEC lawsuit news across the board. So I'm just kind of curious to see where where this all goes. You know, do do we see like large U.S. companies move away from using Polygon? Do we not? I don't know. Um, but like, you know, I, and does Polygon even get involved with the lawsuit? Like, like the lawsuit against Coinbase is essentially a lawsuit saying that Matic is a security, right? And that's a really big deal. So when it comes to Polygon Matic, 
the rest of this is all like uh, I just don't know how relevant it is. Like, I think the big question is: Is Matic going to or not going to be considered a security by the United States government? Like that's a huge question. Yeah, and and we're getting some background noise. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Uh, Nick has his hand raised. Nick on the move. Nick, what's going on, buddy? Uh, thanks for throwing to me, Pio. Uh, it's bright and early here in Las Vegas. Um, in terms of uh, the Polygon thing. Oh, I forgot you're in Las Vegas, Nick. How's it doing, buddy? You get on the craps table last night? Oh, uh, dude, I stayed up till 4 a.m. just playing craps by myself. Let me tell you, man, it's just so good, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I haven't done anything. Um, but the hotel room is great. Uh, in terms of uh, the Polygon thing, what... So I read the announcement. It sounds more like just a random press release than anything else, right? Pretty much. Like, um, it, like there's no substance to the actual announcement. And, and that that's the thing for me, which is like, okay, cool. It's, like, it's not as substantive as their previous announcements, which were we have an official partnership with Starbucks Donald Trump, um, I'm trying to think of no, the, uh, Utes, you know, well, like, it, yeah. None of those are technical announcements, though. It's not like, like, the, their blockchain already exists and people can go and use it. This announcement, at least from the article that I'm reading, discusses a vision for the future and a timeline, but it doesn't, um, like, it, it doesn't have any implementation details, which makes me feel that this is more down the line of a distraction. Like, as Spencer is saying, I don't know, I saw some, like, commentary around the, um, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, around sort of the security-related issue. And it seemed like people seemed to think that, like, Polygon specifically had a lot more exposure on this claim. Um, primarily, I think it had to do because like the founder was talking about price action or something like that and, and, and essentially promoting it like a security in contrast to like Solana where the quotes were like more about the like technical infrastructure, wh which seemed like a far-fetched claim, um, which I don't know how that works. Like when you file a claim like this, if, if it, if you can respond in a nuanced way and say, well, we think A is a security, but B isn't. I feel like the odds here is the the whole thing runs up against some issues. But n nonetheless, I don't know. This, this announcement just sounds like we have this big grand future imagined and look at this timeline and it looks like there's another token. I, I don't know. It, it, it's It's not clear to me like the technical side of this and it seems more like a distraction maybe i'm reading this completely wrong clemente i saw you had uh, brought yourself on was there something you wanted to weigh in with on this one i was just gonna share that all right so we got me? a little uh, little echo go ahead Sig. i was gonna yeah i was gonna say i you know i think nick kind of hits it and like a nail on the head in terms of uh this feels like a uh a response whereby if there's a fire over there, they're trying to get everybody to sort of look over here. Uh, because I agree that, you know, we've had bigger announcements in terms of partnerships in the past, but that's, they, they need to look at what the SEC will say, why is this a security? 
and they need to move away from that narrative and say that there's that they have utility and what that utility is is that if they have this sort of two-year roadmap then at least it's moving them towards a blockchain where you can say there is real utility here over the next 24 months and everything that we've built therefore we aren't a security and i think that we're going to see more of these types of announcement from these uh, companies just in terms of the the case that they need to build in the future when going to court um i think uh i mean because if you look at say you know bitcoin bitcoin will always be on the decentralization side of things ethereum will be on the decentralization side of things i think that's why we haven't seen these 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 two tokens if you like uh be like sort of be brought into the discussion. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of these sort of like announcements where there's not much, there's a lot of style, but there's not much substance. Uh, and there'll be less of, of sort of like PFP Starbucks because what we're seeing is that the SEC is taking tweets and using them in the context that they want to use it. So if I was a, a you know, a founder or somebody on the executive team that had tweeted about price, I would definitely be feeling the pressure right now as well. I yeah. think the ETH thing is like interesting though that you bring it up because like after reading a lot of these documents too, I think it's more that when they were released, these most recent tokens is what put them in the crosshairs and crossfire. Like ETH being the 2017 ICO and the way that it's now become more decentralized, like they went traditional ICO route, which was like crazy at the time. And now if they marked it a security versus back then, it's like this like basically like timeline thing where now they're focused on the more recent tokens because like there's still arguments to be made that some of the tokens mentioned do have higher like Nakamoto coefficients, which make them in theory more decentralized. And then on top of it, moving to POS from POW is also like technically could be seen as a concern for like the staking aspect of it. So like I do have some concerns of like where this legislation goes, but like Nick said in the documents, there's far more outlines for some of the tokens where there's very specific mentions of price go up by founders versus technical like aptitude and technical ability of blockchains that I feel like they just put a lot into it and tried to get to see which one will stick. And I don't think like we're going to see across the board all get called securities, but I do think some come out of it and are deemed a security or the hope is they adjust it, which we've seen like Emmer and some of these other congressional candidates and like congressional representatives come out and kind of push that we need new laws for digital assets. So, like, I think there's going to be a lot of this back and forth, and I think I think there's not going to be any shortage of things to talk about as we get more information around all this. Well, yeah, and as we talk about all this, you know, I want to go to Spencer. So, I, I talk about this all the time, but I, I also understand that some people might be listening to the show for the first time. Uh, Spencer, if you don't, if people don't know, his career is you know managing funds that buy and sell NFTs, right? You don't even buy and sell crypto in those funds, right? It's purely an NFT fund, Spencer. Am I right about that? I mean, we hold crypto in order to transact NFTs, but like the majority of what we do is is NFTs for sure. Yeah. So as this all happens and you're in the thick of, you know, managing a fund, uh, wh what do you make of where we're at and what are you looking at for the rest of really this year? We have another full half year left. Uh, how do you feel yeah. about it? I mean, look, here's here's the thing. Uh, and. I'm going to sound crazy when I say this, but like this whole SEC thing is the most bullish thing that's happened in crypto in a really long time, is my view. Why? Because this has been in for the last 10 years, this like jurisdictional battle that we all know is going to come has been looming over crypto. Like it's it's been very clear that the SEC and the CFTC do not have clear structures or framework or guidance for who gets jurisdiction over what. And they both want jurisdiction here. Actually, traditionally, the CFTC has been the one that gets jurisdiction. They probably have the most jurisdiction over 
like Bitcoin and over Ethereum, right? So what is the SEC doing? Well, the SEC is trying to use the courts to claim jurisdictional authority over um, these other assets, right? So over Matic, over Solana. And from my understanding, again, I'm not a lawyer, so you know, take this with a grain of salt. I, I just don't know how strong a claim they have, actually, to the concept that like they um, are able to use the courts to do this. Like, this feels like a decision that should be made in the legislative branch of government, not the judicial. Right? This is really like legislating from the bench if the judicial system makes a decision. The other thing here too is like, how do I think these specific cases play out? Like, I've said this on the show before. I think. Binance, for the most part, is an up, open and shut case. I don't see Binance US existing as an entity for too much longer. The question is, what they really looks like they're trying to do is sneak in the like securities stuff to the Binance lawsuit. And so the Binance lawsuit may get tossed in its entirety because they snuck this other stuff in. We're, it's, I'm also very curious to see if the degree to which Binance will go through the hoops of trying to defend the rest of this. Like, Are they going to try and make arguments that no, Matic is not a security, no, Solana is not a security? Or is that just going to kind of get it wrapped in with the other stuff where they're kind of caught right-handed, it looks like, right? Like with with the with some of the other things. And so really what this is going to come down to is this is probably, I, I would guess, a three to five-year legal battle that Coinbase is going to go through. And this is not getting resolved anytime soon. But the reason that I started this rant by saying this is bullish is because, and, and I see Pio nodding, so I'm going to move on in a moment. But I want to get to the, this final conclusion, which is that we knew this was going to happen, and this is just a forcing function for something in government needs to decide who has jurisdiction here, right? And no matter what the outcome is, even if all of these things are labeled security, great, now we know. Now we know what is a security and who decides that, right? And uncertainty is always more detrimental to crypto than certainty. And so the more certainty that we have, which this will almost certainly result in more certainty, the better. And so I just want this to be done and we can move on and figure it out. If it's security, great. Like personally, my fund is structured such that if this stuff is all deemed a security tomorrow, we're fine. We're structured so we could hold securities, right? And I think that's where a lot of people sit is like, it's not as bad as everyone thinks if everything's labeled security. It just is. It's clarity. That's the big thing. Once you get clarity, it allows a path forward and allows other entities, organizations, businesses to actually structure properly and push forward. But Spencer, I am curious, like, what are your thoughts on the whole Coinbase thing? Because you talked heavily about Binance, but Coinbase has aggressively pushed to properly register and handle this. And their lawsuit's actually being an unregulated brokerage, which like, in my opinion, based on Coinbase pushing so hard to get some clarity in advance with documentation, I think that they stand a little bit of a better chance in this fight than like the Binance being accused of commingling funds. So, okay, here's the thing. is like, this is... So, so there's part, so like there's parts of the of the Coinbase lawsuit that I think are really like not very strong, right? So my example here is, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of sections on the Coinbase lawsuit where they're like, oh, this resembles like a, a stock brokerage, like therefore it's well, you know what else resembles a stock brokerage? Commodities brokerages, like forex brokerages, right? The question here is not is this a financial asset that's being brokered, right? Like clearly this is a financial asset that's being brokered. That's like I think unambiguous. The question really here is. Is it specifically a security that's being brokered? And really, this is like a subtext is this is a CFTC versus SEC thing. And they're using Coinbase as a proxy to make this argument, right? And so in my view, like, I don't think this is like Coinbase, like Coinbase wins or loses is whatever here, right? Like they get slapped with a fine or they don't get slapped with a fine. It doesn't so much matter. The thing that really matters is the precedent that gets set around the second half of the lawsuit, which is everything to do with is 
these named assets security or not? And does the judicial branch get to decide that? That's kind of what I think is going on here. And the rest is like sort of a distraction. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. Like Spencer said, it's not going to shake out overnight. And uh, and these battles are long as hell. Ripple's been in the works for the better part of a decade at this point. Moving on to something very interesting, uh, the FAF wallet. So, Kicks, Easy, or anybody, are you guys familiar with this FAF wallet? been watching it like a hawk ever since Cyrus brought it up. Um, well, let me, let me yeah. give a little context then. So basically, the F, so an individual or a group of individuals control a wallet, the FAF wallet. And Cyrus wrote a thread. Cyrus is a successful NFT trader. He shares viral Twitter threads. As Kix pointed out yesterday, 90% of the space gets their news from viral Twitter threads. Uh, this wallet has spent over 2,600 Ethereum, that's $4.5 million in Board Ape Yacht Club buys, and over 1,500 Ethereum. That's $2.6 million spent on NFTs in the last five days. Um, they've also staked over $1.5 million worth of ApeCoin. Uh, this wallet was first seen as a blur farmer, but then decided to start buying above floor NFTs, including uh, a single D God for 88 Ethereum. The current state of affairs at the time that Clemente, Clemente wrote this, which I believe was you know a couple hours ago, uh, was that the wallet right now has 59 board apes, 58 D gods. 43 mutant apes, 19 pudgy penguins, and 63 beans from the Azuki ecosystem. So first of all, I find I, I'm very fascinated by the selection of NFTs, uh, you know, in addition to obviously the, the quantity and the, the size that this wallet is controlling. Easy, what do you make of this thing? Uh, it's someone with bags. Someone is definitely <laughs> excited and eager to buy, which is like impressive because I don't know if I'd be buying as aggressively, but they also bought rare D gods, not floors. They spent, I think, 88 ETH on one D god. So, like, they're clearly in spend heavy mode here. Like, for me, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this guy is, or girl, this person is just swinging, like, swinging on the buys. But it's also like they're not buying anything and everything. They're buying collections from D gods to Yuga to Zuki, which have shown strength even in the bear. And that's kind of the thing that I'm like, okay, so they're just taking bets that were approaching lows and they just continue to load the wallet from Binance. Like this wallet is continuing to add capital to it in the millions. And that's the thing, like, I don't have alerts on or anything, but I've been closely like watching it and checking in every couple of days just to see what else they bought. And uh, they've just been DCAing NFTs, which is like impressive to see. I mean, it's wild. Spencer, do you know who this is? No. Mm-hmm. No, I it, look like here's the thing is I remember a time back in my day, it was pretty common for there to be like random accounts that popped up that were like a couple million bucks, which was someone who manages a hundred million to a billion dollars just deciding they wanted an NFT position. Like that used to be a lot more common of a thing. And I think that's just probably what's going on here. The the like 12G chess thing that could be going on here, which I think would be hysterical is if this is actually a blur bid farmer who's doing a bunch of like above floor buys to throw people off the scent and it's just going to dump. Oof. And I think that would crack Oof. me up, but it's probably not what's going on here, but it would be really funny if it was. That would be a, a sizable uh, dump by a blur bid farmer. Kicks, you're, you used to be a wallet tracker extraordinaire back in your day. If you saw a wallet like this, how would you analyze it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly like, you know, what, what to think? What do we know the the value of the NFTs in the wallet right now? 
I mean, you can do the math. He's got 59 board apes, 58 D gods, 43 mutants, 19 pudgy, 63 beans. I just sent his blur wallet in uh, the private chat if you want to take a look at it. So, yeah, he's got 59 apes, 58 D gods, 43 mutants, 5 punks, 21 pudgies. He's got a few of the pudgies listed 28 listed of his 63 beans, 5 azukis, 25 moonbirds, 3 dogs, 4 doodles, and 333 dinks. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, are you serious? I mean, you got to have the dinks. 333 dinks, and he's up 1.3 ETH on him. And are the you, wallet is. Are you, wait, there's not a joke. Clemente, can we see this wallet? There's 333 dinks in this wallet? And not a single one listed. And, uh, and also, he's got a partridge in a pear tree. Okay, nice. <laughs> we got we got 6.45 a.m. Nick before a yeah. conference in Vegas. Yeah. It, Currently, and it's, it's getting fed by Binance. Yeah. Yeah, that's the you're, one. You're that the dinks. Cyrus has been uh, tweeting the, about Dink, it publicly. Wait, so Dinks are Cave Guys project, right? Yeah. This guy got three. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Shout out. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Good job. This wallet, FAF, buying 333 a Cave Guys project. That's absolutely hilarious. Cave Guy, do you know who this is? Or is it just you? Are you just wicked rich? And you bought a bunch of your own thing. Um, well, anyway, look, it's it's good to see someone throwing their weight around in the NFT space. It's even better to see them buying dinks by Cave Guy. Uh, Bunny, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Oh, yeah, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say dinks again because uh, <laughs> I have a bunch of them, too. Do you have dinks, Bunny? Yeah, I, I, mean, I have a bunch of dinks. Cave Guy's been on my back about bringing up dinks. And I'm like, I can't just bring up dinks, dude. Like, I can't just be like, hey, and by the way, guys, dinks. But if this guy FAF's going to buy 333 of them, not only can I bring them up, I feel like a bozo for not having any. Uh, but shout out to Gabe, guys. Shout out to dinks. Um, you know, moving moving on, uh, Peter Schiff, a notorious Bitcoin critic, is now launching a collection on ordinals, which to me is the wildest news ever as a Bitcoiner and knowing who Peter Schiff is, the perpetual Bitcoin bear, Bitcoin's going to zero, blah, blah, blah from Peter Schiff. The fact that he's actually dropping something on ordinals is absolutely wild. Uh, but I think it speaks to like how you know relevant ordinals are right now. And we see it with audience numbers when you start discussing ordinals. Ordinals is a very in-demand topic of conversation right now. I got told about an ordinals thing that's dropping, uh, I want to say tomorrow, uh, or maybe even tonight. I don't know if if um, Easy has any word on this, the Ordinals Club collection. I think it's a BRC20. Uh, look, what's the current state of affairs on ordinals, Easy? And I want to get a, a take from Spencer and whether Spencer's diving uh, deeper than he was before on ordinals. Yeah, so I mean, we actually saw a project yesterday. Uh, Reapers, I think is what it was. Crypto Reapers, Ordinal Reapers, something like that. They actually cut supply. So there has been some topish action across the market at the moment. Um, OXBT just launched their Discord as well. So you are still seeing some things like that. But it seems like rare sats are all the rage right now. A lot of people chasing Block 9. A lot of people chasing after whether it's the pizza sats, palindromes. Bunny is very adamant that palindromes are worthless. Uh, I made the joke about the uh, the SBF cash trade ones. I just think we're going to continue to see things like that um, where right now ordinals are not going to go anywhere, but I think we just stop looking at inscription number eventually. Like we're at 11 million inscriptions and it's the same thing. Like at this point, are you really excited to be like, holy shit, 
I have inscription number 12,647,306. Like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, No one's saying that these inscriptions are relevant. I mean, really, I feel like it's the same kind of crowd uh, that... The ENS thing. The ENS the thing. The same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, I think sub-100K will always hold value because it's like, oh, you were really early. Shout out me having Bunny's Ape inscribed at the 71K mark. Uh, he's never getting that, and I have generational wealth. So I'm excited about that one personally. But I do think like the rare sets will play a piece just because like it's all the provenance side of things. But like Bitcoin's expanding really quickly. Like we now have those um oh man, what Curse, the new recursive Yeah, recursive, and those are really cool. Like on chain monkey has 3D assets on chain that are one kilobyte and are gonna render completely on chain. Like I was talking to Jux yesterday and he was like, Hey, how do I save this picture? When it's not blurry, I'm like, no, dude, that's a feature, not a bug. Because like you have to basically compress the picture down small enough to fit on a sat. And so uh, now that we got recursive inscriptions, I think there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff that comes out of this where like you can actually call code from a sat and do a whole bunch of other really cool things. So like I'm just excited. Like it's developing so rapidly. And last time we saw this level of like speed run development reminds me of Solana in December 2021. Yeah, I'm no, I mean, I, I love seeing it and it reminds me of like early NFTs. It's also, you know, uh, long overdue, right? Because everyone knew that Bitcoin was going to be developed. I think that there was like a small crowd that was like, no, Bitcoin's going to stay exactly how it is right now forever, which is like a, it's a strange thing. It's like saying the iPhone is going to stay the same way right now as it is forever. It's a technology product. It's, you know, it's a revolutionary technology. It's going to change. That's how technology works. Uh, Clemente? Yeah, what I find interesting, Pio, was <clears throat> I think there's been a tendency, and I don't know if it's what it is about Bitcoin that makes this happen, but it's I found that compared to like 2021 NFTs, there's been an intentionality behind like no roadmaps and it being like, hey, this is pretty much just art. And there's like a provenance behind the sats and the inscription number, all that stuff. And, and I find it much... I like it more because it's way less like performance risk as we, we kind of talk about. There's less like, hey, here's what you're getting promised. And it's more so, hey, here's what we're, here's what it is. Here's why it's relevant or cu culturally significant. And that's pretty much it, which excites me. And and you saw it happen with, with Peter Schiff. And if it happened with him, then who else can it happen to now, right? If, if, it ha if we were able to convert Peter Schiff, we've been pretty much like so anti-Bitcoin for the last, 10 to 15 years, who else can we get on board with this like art driven uh, aspect of it? Well, that, that's the way it is right now because it's so damn early. If you remember early, like think about it. If you think about early NFTs, besides like CryptoPunks, like the way I got introduced to it was late 2020 uh, Nifty Gateway. That was all just art. And, uh, you know, I know that people get really sensitive about this stuff, but a lot of the artists in that period were ultra extractive, right? So they didn't really give much. They just kind of expected everyone to buy their stuff and they just kept putting stuff out, expecting people to buy it until people were like, well, we can't like buy this because as soon as we buy it, it's going to basically go to zero. And there's so many artists from that period that just are not in the space anymore because they came through with a mentality of extraction. Right now, the early ordinals projects, people are just excited that you can do it. Like we're literally people are like, we can do this. This is kind of wild. Let's throw something on there. 
and there's so few things. It's the same thing that happened in NFTs before. There's so few things that you can deploy capital into, right? Whereas later in the NFT space, we started having like, what, a million drops a day, basically. Obviously, that's an exaggeration, but just an infinite amount of projects coming out. So that scarcity of areas to deploy capital uh, went away. I mean, look, we saw... I'll name projects by name just to kind of point things out and give you guys a uh, something like a leg to stand on when you're thinking about this. Cool Cats went to over 10 Ethereum, right? Like 10 Ethereum per cat with Ethereum between three and $4,000. I'm not saying that the art isn't fantastic. I'm not saying that it wasn't a very cool project in the space, but that concentration of liquidity can only happen when there's so only so many quality things that whales that are interested in deploying capital into the market have options to deploy capital into. That's also why Board Apes hit like a half a million dollar floor, right? The reason I think you can make a case that it'll be really hard for a board ape to reach a half a million dollar floor again in the next cycle is that there's just going to be way more quality that will distribute the capital that gets deployed into the space. Spencer, I'd love to hear if you're deploying capital into ordinals or what you think about it. I, so I'm not yet. Um, I, I've been looking for the right project to get into. I think, Pio, I actually share a lot of your sentiment here where it's like, I think you have to think about ordinals right now as like what, ETH NFTs were in the 2016 cycle. And like, I think we have sort of rosy colored glasses looking back on that as NFT participants now, because that's where you get like CryptoPunks that come out of. But there was a ton of stuff that minted then that was just crap. <laughs> and it was crap because everyone was like, I'm early, I'm early. My thesis is I'm early. My utility is I'm early. Like we're, <laughs> like, we're historical because I'm early, right? And like, it turns out that when you have people come in and build real companies, which like, you know, people love to hate on them, but Board Ape is a, like, Yuga Labs is a real company, right? That it doesn't matter how early random crap was, a real company will beat them, right? And this sure. is where like, what I'm looking for on Ordinals is that like, and and, and, and to their credit, right? Like CryptoPunks was early and it was the one that won, but it wasn't obvious. And I think it's 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 wrong to look back and say now, oh, it was so obvious punks were going to win. No, like there why didn't crypto skulls become crypto punks? There's other stuff. There's other stuff that was earlier too, right? And the biggest red flag for me in ordinals right now is that everything is the we're early. It's the this Satoshi narrative, right? Like I just don't think that will be the narrative when and if there is true ordinals adoption, right? Like in my view, there will be real companies bit on built on Bitcoin ordinals. There'll be huge wins on Bitcoin ordinals. There will be a period of time next year, and this will be like not next year necessarily next cycle, but this is like when there was Solana summer, like there will be like ordinals, you know, insert unit of time here, right? Like that will happen. There'll be a big bull Ordinals October. But the thing is like, when actually is building a company that does something which is revolutionary on the chain, and there will be other companies that do that. And then you're going to have a crowd that's from this era right now. It's going to go around and be like, guys, 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 but have you heard of this historical project, right? Like in there to go and they're going to be like, Gary V minting out crypto skulls and like that'll be a narrative that exists but most of this stuff will be worthless like and people just really need to understand that part yeah 100% and and one comment is if it's a proper bull market the people saying you know the stuff that Spencer was saying that's basically bs will still get some traction because we saw that uh during the bull market with ethereum oh man that bull market but, sorry really going to add but, but but Spencer like I love everything you're saying but it's also not um, 
identical copy pasta in that what when you know the early 2016 projects or you know apes etc um there was a ignorance to the market which does not exist today the market has knowledge and i think that uh it's yes, it's been translated directly onto Bitcoin now, which is why you're getting, you know, the cartoon uh, animal PFPs pump. But I think uh, the market is more knowledgeable so that you so that uh, it it becomes much more difficult to figure out which one of these projects will actually become, you know, the one. And I like I totally agree with you that just because it's early doesn't mean that it will be relevant in the next sort of, you know, two, three, or whenever the next cycle is. But I just think you have to bear in mind that the the market is not naive and ignorant as it was in 2016 as it is today. So I, I think know. the lessons, like 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 the lessons will be learned faster and the prices will adjust faster as well because that knowledge sits there. Two things, Signal. One, as the as as the famous, uh, I forget who said this quote, but somebody who's famous said this quote, you know, Nobody ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American consumer, right? <laughs> and so, like, A, I think you're giving people way too much credit, right? Like, <laughs> I just, uh, I think that that I would, in theory, in a vacuum, agree with you. But, like, look what's on ordinals. <laughs> like, look at the shit that's just there, right? Like, how many of the early products were just various things with the word punks after them? Like, is 50%? Like, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's truly astounding. I think it's this, is that, there are, as I said, there are going to be really good products built. And I don't think it even necessarily we need to wait till the next bull run for that to happen. But like time to market, right? There's going to be a crowd that's like, I want to go very quickly to market to have just something quickly. And then there's people, people who are like, okay, I want to build an actual company and that's going to take time, right? And people who are like actually building a company and it's taking time, like just it hasn't launched yet, right? And so what we have right now is a huge oversupply of the like rushing to market like not building a real company. And I just don't think that that it's right to say that ultimately the coronals will just be that. Uh, Nick has yeah, his hand. The, just because, oh, go. go no, no, sp- no, Signal, go. No, I was going to say, but ultimately, no, just you, company, no. it, <laughs> Nick, go gamble. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> Spencer, uh, I was going to say, just because it's a company doesn't mean that it's going to be done right. There are plenty of examples of companies over on both, you know, ETH and Solana, where it's a company with a legitimate team, and it still doesn't go right, even, yeah. you know, so it's like, I I don't think there's any sort of like magic book that says, you know, these are the ones that are going to run. But I think like waiting is it, and just to see which project might be like the right one. I Like I see it from a venture perspective where you guys might need to wait later and, and, and catch things later. And, you know, as a fund, it's 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 less risk averse to do that. But I think as an individual market participant, you better off just sort of like dabbling early stage uh, on allow list, seeing what stick, what doesn't stick. And, and and then you're more likely to capture the right project later. I think like you're speaking with a venture cap, like with a venture hat on. And probably most people in your audience are sitting with the I'm an individual and need to taste many things in order to figure out what doesn't stick. That's the only hat Spencer has. Uh, and he doesn't even wash it. It's just on there every day. No, just kidding, Spencer. Uh, and And Nick had his hand raised. Nick, what's going on, buddy? There's two things. One is, uh, I think Signal is actually spot on with it. I actually question, I find myself questioning sometimes the, I mean, look, we're, we're building a company, but I sometimes question market demand for uh, projects 
that are building companies because it's not clear to me outside of Board API Club that the uh, majority of liquidity is going to, in the next bull run, funnel to those. That said, in both of the bull runs, the money has funneled to those. So I think there is a valid argument uh, from Spencer's side. The other thing that was totally unrelated that I was wondering about, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, I, I guess, I don't know who brought up uh, uh, Gary V buying crypto skulls or whatever, but where are all the people, like, re- like w- remember all of the, like, bullet, the, all of the, like, hype. Historical the, projects. The, the, like, everyone talking about just, like, no, just, like, the thesis of NFTs and everything else, and this is the future, and everyone beating the drum of that side of that side of things. Where the fuck are all those people? Like, what? Well, I don't understand. Like, is Gary like sweeping the floor of yeah. projects right now? Like, so, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it seems like to me, it, w- was the right time to buy it when they were a thousand times more expensive? <laughs> that was the, no Nick. That was just buy the NFTs, Nick, and stop talking. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think it's you know I, I'm trying to keep pretty close tabs on the ordinals market. Um, made a couple of trades in February. Made a couple of trades in this last run, um, but mostly just getting like you know dabbling in it, not like max aping in. I mean, so I, I look at Magic Eden prices every day. Like ordinal prices are down across the board. Like. 90% of the projects over the past seven days are, are down and, and volume is down too. So I think that's just important to like, keep in mind is that, um, you know, the, these things just like NFTs on Ethereum and Solana, these things like trade in waves and you gotta, you gotta pick your, you know, times to get in. I think what I'm seeing with ordinals right now is a lot of, um, interesting, uh, technology improvements, especially with like this recursive stuff. Um, that's that easy uh, talked about. That's very interesting. Um, but I think that we saw the second wave of ordinals adoption and that wave is petering out right now. And so like strategically, if you're looking to make money now, now there's still wins. I'm not saying there isn't wins. There's people that are mincing and flipping that's still happening. But, um, if you look at all of the top projects, uh, most of them are down by at least 50%. Um, and really the only narrative that people are talking about right now is, is these rare sats that people are trading back and forth, kind of like ENS domains. Um, but other than that, it seems like, you know, there's not a lot of new money onboarding into ordinals right now. So I think like, like strategically, if you're a trader or a buyer or a flipper or an investor, like we're about to go into the lull between this and the next wave. And then that's where I think that you can, uh, make some money deploying some capital in ordinals. But yeah, we're definitely still very, very early. But I think it's just important because I think that you can look on Twitter or something like that and think that like, oh my God, like I'm missing this ordinals thing, right? Like, oh my God, there's so much happening on ordinals. I mean, if if you bought five ordinals a week ago, you're probably down 50%. So it's just important to keep kind of those things in perspective. You didn't answer the question though. Where is Gary V buying NFTs right now? I'm trying to figure it out, man. Like, who's buying these things? Dude, he put his money. He put his money in QQQ, and he's up forty percent on his NFT game, uh, doing nothing. <laughs> Signal. I was going to ask, easy. What's your take on uh, some of the bigger projects on Soul moving over to Ordinals? 
I mean, when you look at them too, it's like a lot of the ones moving right now are like one of one collections. Like Enigma is a one of one collection that does auctions. So that's not terribly surprising. Like they're just going completely on chain. They do have another collection dropping called Oracles that is now minting all on Bitcoin. I, I just feel like you're chasing liquidity and maybe I'm horribly wrong on it right now just because like you're looking at it and yet you have projects like Clanosaurus who want to double down on Solana. Uh, we don't fully know if OK Bears are moving there. It seems like they're teasing some of that. But like to me, I just think that Soul has such a bright upside with so much coming from Fire Dancer, which is a billion transactions per second and just so much like actual promise from a tech standpoint that it doesn't make sense if you're trying to actually deliver something and do cool things that can like really play into like traditional user bases that like Bitcoin does have like a finality and transaction time and processing time situation that you can't do that you can do on Solana, you know? So like, I think that projects that are just the art side of things make sense. I think that is like not too surprising. And I don't think obviously like ordinals aren't going to go anywhere, but I think just like jumping ship and chasing liquidity isn't going to pan out the same because now you have to attract a completely new audience over there versus the audience you already have on Solana. And why not try to continue to focus there and drive interest and adoption? Like for us, I'm so excited to launch on Sol. We have so many plans that I'm excited for that I think just Solana only empowers and gives us another step forward on. So like I'm excited to do it and I don't see a, a point or a reason to even consider another chain. Like there's just so much potential that's untapped. And like I watch the foundation who's continuing to double down on things like DeFi on this space and continuing to double down on net new options that can extend the user base. And like, I look back even like Steppin from a mobile app perspective, they had 750,000 daily active users at its peak. That's not possible on other blockchains to support that type of scale in its current moment. So for me, I'm like, why would you jump ship when the going gets tough, this strong push forward and continue to innovate? And that's where my head's at. Like, I don't know. Personally though, like when I'm looking at ordinals, I'm just looking for like rare sats, I need some Ross Ross Ulbricht Hitman sats from Silk Road days. That's oh, what I really those need. that that's sounds pretty need. good. Yeah, yeah like, that's what I need. I need the Hitman sats. So I'm, already, bit, I'm, I'm working my brain over here trying to figure out what the rare sats are versus bridging a collection over when you have an existing audience and user base. Just seems kind of wild to me. Well, there you go. That's what I like to hear. Clemente, we got a free NFT. Dog the dog whistle. I like the idea of the dog whistle. I don't like the actual audio uh, on the show. Anyway, Clemente, let's dish out this free NFT. The password for today's free NFT is junk42, J-U-N-K, and the number 42. We're going to go ahead and claim that right now at the nifty.com. By the way, I was getting some questions as far as people winning the uh, VIP ticket. How do they know if they won? You'll know if you win because you'll claim the actual VIP ticket. It's like a different NFT. So it's it's literally an NFT of Buddy in front of a bodega. I feel like a lot of people ask if they won because they're just trying to make a case. It's like, look, you'll know if you won. It's a it's a it's Buddy in front of a bodega, Um, and I hope you guys win. I'm pumped uh, for anybody that wins. Again, for this one, if you collected that first comic, which was in April, you'll have a chance to win. And don't worry, we're not only uh, doing these giveaways for people that have been longtime collectors. We'll roll out stuff that's uh, more recent as well. So. Anyway, uh, Clemente is claiming it on the show right now. Uh, every, r- refresh the page, Clemente. A little bit of a, a little bit of a slowdown here, but 
um, other people. There's too much it. demand. Uh, there's too much demand. Anyway, the nifty.com slash claim for today's free NFT. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. The show is also available on YouTube, on Apple and Spotify podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, share it with people outside of the Twitterverse that are interested in NFTs. Anyway, we will be back tomorrow. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern time each and every week. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the show. Make sure you follow the NFT Morning Show Twitter account and the Twitter accounts of the panelists on this show. Anyway, we really enjoyed sharing this with you today. We will catch you tomorrow. See you next time.